everyone. I'm Emily Newman, and you're listening to If I Made a Podcast, where we talk about what it takes to build your business from the ground up without sacrificing your creativity along the way. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Emily Newman and I am the founder of If I Made and the host of If I Made a Podcast. And we are on our fourth episode with the amazing Tanae Sanders of The Strategy Studio. Uh, If you've tuned in for previous episodes, you'll know that Tanae and I have worked together for a really long time. She was a content strategist at Once Wed and then I brought her over to If I Made and she managed a lot of the production of our courses. And last year she went on her own to start the strategy studio where she covers all different types of topics, uh, marketing, pricing, attracting your ideal client. She works with all different types of creative entrepreneurs, helping them, you know, take their goals and dreams and actually break them down into actionable plans and steps to make things happen. So I asked Tanae to come on to the podcast because she has brought so much value to both of my businesses and I've seen her do the same for her clients as well. So I kind of wanted her to come on and talk a lot about what are some of the common pain points that she hears from her clients that we hear from our students. And one of the things that kept coming up was how do you handle rejection and defeat? Because it's just a common thing I think that all entrepreneurs struggle with. And it's not something that ever really goes away. I mean, I feel like I still hear no even, you know, with If I Made being at the place that it is today. And another thing, too, is, and I think this is something we don't often hear or talk about, but, you know, when should we give up, right? I think we don't want to talk about that a lot because it's a really painful topic. It's an uncomfortable topic. It's an embarrassing topic. But it's actually something that I talk a lot about with other creative entrepreneurs. And I know that Tanae has encountered it too with some of her clients of how do you know when to just throw up your hands and give up finally or to push through? And are there things that you can do to help kind of make that final decision for yourself? So handling rejection and defeat, and then ultimately, what do we do when we reach those crossroads? So we want to give you guys some helpful tips. We obviously don't know all the answers, and it's very personal and unique to your own situation, but we're going to speak a little bit about experiences that you know we personally have gone through, but that we've also seen other creatives gone through as well. So today, let's talk first about client rejection. This is something that you, know, you work a lot with with your clients, especially as they're wanting to increase their prices or going to a new market, maybe that they haven't been in before you know how do we hear how do we handle hearing no yeah and thanks for having me and for bringing up this topic because I think it's a really important one that can be kind of nerve-wracking to talk about especially because rejection and that feeling of like overwhelm and am I done it's like you think so much about other people's perceptions of your business that often it just makes you feel vulnerable so I think it's a great conversation to have. When it comes to client rejection, what we mean by that is just when you like get that rush of inquiries that just don't convert to bookings and you're like, ugh, like what am I doing wrong? And I think so often when we get that wave of rejection, we panic and we think we need to overhaul everything. And I can tell you so many times I'll be sitting with clients and they'll have had that moment and within a week of getting all these rejections, they want to redo their pricing and they want to change their template email responses and they want to completely redo their website. And I usually try to say like, okay, let's just pump the brakes for a second because acting out of fear is never the right way to make a business decision. So if we're to back up, I would say a wave of rejection is usually an indication that you've lost touch with the corner of the market that you're wanting to speak to and instead you're kind of like speaking to the masses so 
that usually is an indication you don't need to change your prices. You don't need to overhaul your whole website. You just need to refocus your message and remember who it is you're trying to serve. So in previous episodes, we talked a lot about how can you serve people. The more you serve, the less you have to sell. And I think that it does depend on your why funnel approach as we talked about. You just need to be prepared that if you take the approach of a really wide funnel to get as many inquiries in as possible, the rejections are just going to naturally be higher because there has there's more people coming in. You're going to have to get more no's until you get the right yeses. But there's this really great marketing book I've been reading by Seth Godin and there's a quote in there and it says, an agile approach to the market combined with a relentless focus on those we seek to serve means we're more likely to be of service. And just when I read that, I was like, yes, (laughs) that's right. And I think when we get that rejection, so much easier said than done. But we just need to refocus on who are we trying to serve and how can I keep bringing value to their life? Because the more focused we get on the right people, the more we're going to attract them. And so often that big wave of rejection is we've just been floundering a bit and we've just been a little bit off our game and all of a sudden we're just posting for the sake of posting and we're not actually engaging, we're not actually bringing value and we're probably selling too much. And it's just when we all have those weeks where we fall off the wagon. It happens to all of us, ideal world versus the real world. Yeah. But just don't overhaul everything in those few moments of rejection. Try to really focus on, okay, how can I get back to serving those that really matter? Yeah. And I think too, I mean, I feel like the longer you're in business, the more comfortable you become with failure. I know that's certainly something, you know, when I first started, you know, when I heard no, when I felt rejection, it kind of went to my core, you know, it Mm -hmm. hurt me at my core. Whereas now I've been on this entrepreneurial journey for so long. I have just learned how that I have to become comfortable with failure. That doesn't mean that I throw in the towel and that doesn't mean that I put my hands up and say, there's nothing that I can do about it. I'm just going to live in failure world. <laughs> <laughs> but I, to me, it's just a part of, I just had to become comfortable with it because nothing is static, right? Every, you know, nothing's linear. No one continues to just hear yes, 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 and yes, and yes, right? Every person encounters uh, rejection. Every person encounters knows. And it, one of those things I just have to remind myself is when I get to those places of rejection, or failure, I just know, okay, this door has closed because something else is opening up in my life, right? Like, and, yes. and I think it's only in looking back and having those moments in your career that it really does begin to help you, right? Like you, I think hindsight, you can see, okay, well, if that door hadn't closed, if I hadn't gotten that no, then this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, and so I just, those are kind of the markers that I hold on to when I hear those no's. And that's something that I just keep coming back to time and time again. And it's just, it's just a part of running a business. And I like Tanae's approach though, of it's kind of a way to reset ourselves. Okay. What are we, am I just going through the motions to go through the motions, right? It's almost the universe's way. I feel like of saying, all right, let's take a pause. This isn't working. What do we need to be doing differently? Right. Whether that's changes in the market, whether that's been personal changes that you've going through in your personal life. I just feel like it's an, always an opportunity to reset. And I think him having worked together for six years, maybe now, I think to be honest, that's something that I really learned from having the fortune of working with you. Like between one sweat and if I made, we've hit so many of those points over the years, (laughs) (laughs) but I've always admired the way you've never seen them as failures. You've always seen them as opportunities to refocus. And whether it's a launch didn't go, it didn't hit the target Mm -hmm. we'd hoped for, but 
I think it's true. So much of the time when we did that kind of debrief all together with our team, we'd say we just lost our focus or we put it in the wrong areas or how can we refine it? And I think it's true. It's like it's it's not failure. It's an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. It's just that perspective shift, right? Like every, op- every challenge, to me, I, I, I have to refocus myself because otherwise you get down in the dumps and you start to, I don't know, disintegrate. Okay. So that was kind of like, we wanted to touch on how do we handle no's? How do we handle rejection? And then when today we're talking about this kind of in our pre-work before the podcast, something that came up that we wanted to kind of talk about that we couldn't feel like was its own standalone episode. We felt like these two kind of went together, which is this feeling of being burnout and exhausted and whether or not to give up. And I think in this culture right now that we live in, there are so many wonderful things about the community that we have access to and kind of the positive, you can do it mindset, anything is possible, don't ever give up, right? There's a Ideal lot of, world. Yeah, there's a lot of beauty to it, right? And I'm not a, a dream crusher here, so no, please but you're don't. a realist. <laughs> I'm a realist. And I'm all about dreaming big. Um, but I do think that we get to these intersections in our life and our businesses where we have to reevaluate, right? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Do they matter to us? Are we passionate about them? Or kind of what Tanae was talking about earlier, are we doing it because we feel like we should be doing it? It's what's expected of us and what people would think if we no longer did it. And I hear this, I think it's always an opportunity, not only you know, when we talked about earlier to reset, but, and it's not even about, do I have to actually give up and quit? Maybe it's an opportunity to pivot, right? And take what you've been doing and and do something new. So today I know you've, you've, with your clients, they, when you've talked to them, they're sometimes at a place where I'm exhausted and I'm at this weird spot of, should I just throw in the towel, give up, go back, you know, and do something else? Or should I push through? What is some of the kind of decision-making process that you take them through to kind of help them find that answer yeah I think a question I really love to ask is what would someone else do with your business and I don't mean that from the perspective of selling your business I mean we get so bogged down in our own emotions and overwhelm and exhaustion and frustration that we lose the objectivity of that what it felt like to be a fresh person in business and sometimes there is just this really refreshing feeling you get from going to a neutral source whether that's a friend or a business coach or whoever it might be in your life and saying to them if you were me right now what would you do and admittedly you want someone that understands your industry because you can get some interesting advice otherwise (laughs) but We probably all have those people in our lives, in our networks that we can go to and say, you know, you know, kind of what I'm going through right now, but, and all share with them what you are, what would you do with my business? And sometimes you just get that one gem that you're like, that's it. And sometimes it might be as simple as dropping one of your services because you're just trying to be too many things to too many people. So it could be dropping your day of coordination and just doing full plan. Or conversely, it might be adding in day of coordination so you don't need to do as many full plans. It it all depends on your business model. But don't be afraid to ask for input because so often when we get to that should I give up phase, we don't want to talk about it because we don't want to get that perception of failure. We don't want anyone to think we've failed. And I think, Em, I'd love to throw this one back to you because you've pivoted in business so many times. So like when you got to that point with Once Wed, 
where you're like, am I done? Am I not done? Where do I go next? Should I go anywhere next? Like what did that look like for you? Well, I think it it was delayed. I mean, I think I delayed the process a lot longer than I should have. I think I knew in my heart that I was ready to pivot, but for all the reasons that you just said, what are people going to think about me? I'm expected to do this. Why would you ever give, you know, why would you ever want to pivot out of something like this? You know, I had to really wrestle with all of those things. It's not the responsible thing to do because I always tried, you know, I was the firstborn. I did the responsible thing. And so, you know, there are just all of these like layers of things I had to work through to feel comfortable to actually say to the world, okay, I'm going to pivot, right? And for me, that was pivoting from one sweat to if I may. And I think that was kind of how... For me, the way I was able to justify it through my responsible lens that I feel like I have to live my life through (laughs) because of my birth order, Um, I'm just kidding, (laughs) is, you know, I felt like, okay, I I loved who I worked with. I love the vendors that I work with. I didn't want to leave the wedding industry. I just had gotten to a place of being burnout about talking about weddings. So, you know, for some people, it's burnout of, I just don't want to be a part of this industry anymore, and I want to go do something completely different. So I had to identify, okay, what are the things that I really love about what I do, and what are the things I dislike? And is there a way for me to not have to abandon the ship entirely and still kind of find that sweet spot of, I've built this I've built this brand. I put all this time and effort and resources into and it. And expertise. Yes. And how can I hold on to things that I love without losing all this work that I put into it? And fortunately, I was able to identify, you know, a place in the market for online learning where I still got to work with so many of the vendors that I loved. I still got to work in the industry that I really enjoyed. Obviously, I knew nothing about online learning when I started, so that was a huge learning curve. Yes, it was. <laughs> Tanae was along for that journey. And (laughs) she saw the not glamorous parts of it. And there's a lot of that. So, you know, I was fortunate enough and there was still enough about that industry that I was working with that I still wanted to be a part of it. But I think one of the things that I encourage people now when they are at these crossroads of whether or not I should give up or pivot into, you know, doing something new in the industry is I try to encourage them to think about What are your values, right? What do you value personally and professionally? I was reading this book on decision-making recently, and they gave an example of a woman who was working in a startup in her local market, really successful, smart, and she got an opportunity to move to a different state and essentially run the entire startup. And she's in in this book, you know, she just wrestled with it so much, but she was like, there was the security of the current job. She knew the people, she loved her job, but there was this opportunity to actually be the CEO of the company, work in an industry that she still loved, make more money. It's like, okay, here's the security of something. This one is a riskier choice, but there's a lot more reward. But the big difference was that she had just recently gotten married and she had a husband and a dog and she was living in the city that her family lived in. And, you know, she said five years ago, I would have absolutely gone and moved to a different state. She's like, but what I realize is I work so that I can spend time with my family and my husband, you know, and I think that's going to be different for everyone. I don't think there is one answer that's the right answer for some woman that maybe my career is the most important thing to me right now. So I think that's another thing that's so weird for us is who we are five years ago and our values, they can change, you know, and for some of you that maybe I have a family now. When I started my business, I didn't. So I need to take a step back or it's just not fulfilling for me in the way that it used to be because 
my values have changed. So I always encourage people to, who, who you are now, what are your values now, and give yourself permission to say, it's okay that my values have changed to where they were five years ago. Yeah. And I love the question, how does it need to feed you? Yeah. Does your business need to feed you emotionally, financially, creatively? Like, it's okay to have different values of how your business needs to feed you. And it's okay for those to change. And it's okay for them to be different than someone else, you know, in the industry. Um, I, you know, I think we're hopefully moving away from a world where we feel like we have to live our lives based on what other people think about us. But I still think there's that pull to do, to make decisions based on what's expected of us, what other, you know, or I don't know. It's just, we were talking about this before we started recording and, in my previous life, I was a journalist and a newspaper editor. And then I went and worked in a flower shop for minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> but at the time, like I had reached the point of I'm done. I wasn't at the I need to pivot phase. I was completely burnt out from 60 plus hour weeks for six years. I, I was done. And yes, I thought that my foray into the world of flowers would be this short stint and then we'd move from Canada back to Australia and I'd go back to media. But something happened in that year and my values changed and I valued being able to eat dinner at home with my husband, which I hadn't done in years because I was sitting in a newsroom. And I think the hardest thing for me was letting go of exactly what you're saying, the perception of what other people thought of that decision that I had made. I had gone to university and paid for a degree in journalism and communications and now I'm working for minimum wage in a flower shop like are you crazy and I think I eventually realized like I don't know if anyone actually thought that that was a pressure I was putting on myself but the questions I had to answer was like was it feeding me and it was feeding me in such a big way and I would never have the business I have now and you and I would never have met if I didn't at one point seven, eight years ago, go and get a job at a flower shop. (laughs) Not advocating that for everyone. It's the hardest job I've ever had. (laughs) But there's just, I don't know, I just wish that we could all encourage ourselves to give ourselves permission to think about what it looks like when we adapt to our values as they change because they're allowed to. Yeah. And for some of us, like that Tanae said, that's pivoting. That's, you know, saying, okay, I'm no longer going to offer this service as my business, or I'm going to add this service so that I can pivot into something Mm -hmm. new, right? My life has changed. My values have changed. And my business needs to change to reflect that. Another example I was just reading this week is there's a landscape designer that I follow, and she had an article that had been written about her. And she talked about how in her previous life, she had done fashion, she was a fashion brand strategist. And she had recently moved to Miami and started getting her hands in the dirt again. She had grown up in California, always outside. And it was in that moment of being reconnected to nature that she was like, I don't have any passion about being a fashion brand strategist. I want to get back to working with plants. No experience working with plants. You know, everyone I'm sure in her life was like, why would you leave such a great career to come and do this? And I like this girl. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> and she did. She did a complete 180, took a risk. And now, I mean, I like when I look at her work, I'm like, oh my goodness, if she had never done that, well, then we wouldn't have all these incredible installations and, and designs that she's come up with. And so I think, you know, it's helpful to hear and read stories like that of people who are just like, you know, 
And for some of us that, you know, feel like they have to do the responsible thing, it's a smaller pivot, right? But whatever that looks like for you, you know, we just want to give you examples and encouragement that, you know, we've taken those risks in our own businesses and we've seen the fruits from that, right? It doesn't always work out, you know? Some people take risk and they have to go back to their day jobs until they figure out something. But I know I certainly believe that big reward requires big risk. And I think Tanae and her example, and I certainly have experienced that in my own life as well. So Tanae, I think we do want to cover the whole I'm done phase in terms of what you've seen that with your clients Mm -hmm. deciding to. Yeah, no, definitely. And there was, there's one particular client that comes to mind and obviously I'm not going to name it, but if she hears this, um, hopefully it kind of connects with her. But we had had this really interesting conversation where she's insanely talented but just doesn't enjoy the business side of being in business but because it's the worst yeah (laughs) exactly especially (laughs) when you're doing it all by yourself wearing a thousand hats yeah and it just was so clear that her business wasn't feeding her anymore and when I asked her why did you start your business and it was to be creative and to be able to express herself and all these things and she just didn't feel like she was doing that anymore and I said well why do you need to run your own business why can't you earn your money that you the need that you have which we were talking about in our pricing episode like what do you need why don't you go and find the job that fulfills the need to give yourself the freedom to let this other job that you've turned into this all-consuming business that you're no longer loving how do you get it back to that point of feeding you creatively if that's what you wanted your business to be and some people go well that's failure I'm giving up on my business no you're not you're letting your business be what you always wanted it to be and business doesn't have to mean a hundred thousand dollars in the bank every year like let business be what it needs to be for you and what you want it to be for yourself and your family. No, I love that. So a lot of information we just share with you, everything from, you know, how do we handle rejection to what does it look like to pivot in our business? And if you're wanting to hear more of the backstory about how I pivoted from one sweat to if I made, we actually have a whole episode on it. And I can kind of talk you through the process of all the questions I asked myself to actually say, okay, this is where the opportunity is for me to pivot. And then, you know, we also covered in today's episode, what does it look like to say, I'm done, you know, and I'm ready to move on to the next phase. And hopefully for those of you who are kind of at those crossroads, we've given you permission, encouragement, empowerment to take that next step and whatever that looks like for you. So Tanae, thanks so much for joining us. Thank over you for these, having me. Over I these love last these four episodes. Yes. Please follow Tanae at the Strategy Studio. She's got so many great tips. She gives away so much information on her IG and IGTV. She also gives so much helpful information on her website, thestrategystudio.ca. Tanae, thanks again for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Hi there. Make sure to go to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep coming back to you because we want to know that you're listening.